1: Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Well, Happy New Year. It is, Steve Kaplan, our 400th episode. Quite extraordinary. What on earth do we find to talk about? 400 issues.
0: Well, And still the thing we
1: like more than anything else is the Google patent for the sticky
0: bonnet. We do like the sticky bonnet, but <laughs> yes. I've got some interesting things on uh, on this week as well. Excellent. Anyone, Good. of course, who wants to know what we talked about over the last 400 episodes can, of course, go to shareradio.co.uk and listen to the whole lot. I'm sure people are ploughing through every single episode. Which will take them 200 hours if they listen to them back to back. Yeah, that's true. God, that's extraordinary. is, isn't it? Right. Let us move on. So this time last year, we celebrated the fact that uh, Apple had become the world's first three trillion dollar company. It is now worth just under two trillion dollars, largely due to production problems in China with getting out enough Mm. iPhone 14s. And in fact, there is no company now that is worth more than $2 trillion. Microsoft and Saudi Aramco both having dipped below that magical level. Mm
1: -hmm. Extraordinary. That's the shift between growth and and value stocks for you encapsulated. Yes,
0: we'll have to see. And talking of growth and value, back in March 2021, we talked about how an NFT by an artist called Beeple had sold for $70 million. Well, the value of NFTs has plummeted. Mm. As we discussed recently, there's a new service called Unsellable that will buy (laughs) your NFTs for you for a tiny fraction of the purchase price and then give you an official tax receipt. So NFTs have a new life as tax (laughs) write-offs.
1: That's very clever.
0: It is quite clever, isn't it? And then
1: presumably, of course, if the market ever picks up again, they're sitting on a gold mine.
0: Yes, I suppose they would be. Although it seems unlikely, I think it was not even a flash in the pan; just maybe the merest glimmer in a pan. Mm. Still, a lot of people were taken in by it.
1: Uh, they were.
0: Um, it,
1: it's amazing. That's the one thing that never goes away, is it? The <laughs> Absolutely. <people>. And talking <laughs>
0: of things, people being taken in by things. Matt Hancock, former yes. I'm a celebrity, former yes. Conservative MP, now just mp without portfolio or party backing has closed his social media app oh but that
1: was although i never looked at it and um, we did have a lot of fun talking about it
0: we did it was launched back in february 2018 and the app was called matt hancock so when you loaded it up it was originally meant for his constituents but all kinds of scurrilous journalists got in on the act as well Yes, and when you loaded it up, you got two warning messages. The first saying Matt Hancock would like to access your photos. Yes. The second saying Matt Hancock would like to access your camera. Both of which are quite scary <laughs> things like, until you realise yes. that Matt Hancock, maybe he always was just an app and never a real person. That makes so much sense in retrospect. <laughs> oh,
1: excellent, excellent. So you've made up some room on your phone then, as you don't have the
0: app anymore. <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, as we talked about uh, the end of last year, Channel Four's alternative Christmas message was not only written by artificial intelligence but delivered by a robot. Did you? Oh, I to forgot listen to, to listen. To, I forgot to listen to that.
1: Yes, you've got some for me to listen to, haven't you? We well, go. not yet.
0: No, not, oh, not yet. yet. Not yet. Oh, the they. It uh, was quite good actually. It was as Christmas messages go. It um, it was very much akin to Lord Charles, Prince Charles, King Charles, whatever these called themselves these days. Talking of which, this is completely by the by, by, but the headline in the sun on the 31st of December carried the news that uh, Brian May was going to get a knighthood Mm. and the front page had the headline, King, Knights, Queen.
1: Yes, very good.
0: Their sun, they're so on the ball. So, anyway, with uh, Christmas messages being written by AI, we can look at what else can be written by AI. And there's been a big furore recently over that the Chat GPT, mm. as it's called, if you want to try it out, go to chat.openai.com, can write text for you. And they're very worried that students were going to get it to write essays for them. And it's quite good. So, I asked Chat GPT to write a limerick about Share Radio. Shall we have a little little listen to it? Okay.
1: I hope it's not rude.
0: No, no, it is not rude. It's also read by AI, of course, read by at, at a website there once called was a Murph. station.
1: Oh, sorry, I started too
0: soon. Murph. Okay. AI. So have a listen. There once was a station called Share, whose radio shows were beyond compare. The hosts were so witty, the music so pretty. Tune in and you'll know that it's rare.
1: Well, I'm not brilliant, probably everybody as good as I could have done. And I have to say the voice is so much better than we're getting on things like phone and, and sat navs and stuff Their like that. The voice
0: is fantastic, isn't it? Really, really good. Well, the thing about that limerick, apart from the fact it didn't quite scan, hmm. is it's taken the words share radio and it's made a limerick out of it. It doesn't actually relate to share radio, but there is another chat GP chat AI tool called AI Buddy. Mm -hmm. And I told it to write a a limerick about Share Radio, and this is what it came up with. There once was a station called Share that gave advice to help you be aware. From investments to budgeting and more, it's the only one you should adore. So tune in and learn something new and make financial decisions with no clue.
1: Well, more relevant, but scans even less well than the the first one.
0: But what it's done is... Find out what share radio is and then write a poem actually about share radio. Not just, oh, you didn't give
1: it me. the information, it just went no, off and found it.
0: It went off and found it. I'm
1: finding it. this slightly scary. I've seen um, one or two sort of authors online who've got it to do things and are just basically saying it can come up with perfectly reasonable copy as good as they can write in far less time.
0: Yes, it's quite yeah. scary, isn't it?
1: Yes. Maybe we, maybe, maybe we should use it to write uh, – we're allowed to use it to write a book that we then sell. Maybe we should just produce the first AI-written book. Yes. It doesn't even have to be good. It just needs to be the first one. People would buy yes. it out of curiosity. Well, you'd buy it. I'd buy if it. If somebody else was doing it. Yes. Not be much point do in, write, in doing well, – yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss afterwards what we're going to write it about We on. will.
0: It doesn't matter. Yes. We'll ask the AI what it was to write about. <laughs> well, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely.
1: Completely ai Yes. Just as long as it doesn't want to share the profit.
0: It wouldn't know. We can <laughs> fool it. Uh, well,
1: we haven't had one of these, so let's have the first one for this year.
0: So, now the, what now? Well, the Daily Mirror has got its knickers in a twist mm. uh, because it's discovered that a company called Ware Collective is selling a sterling silver lid For a bottle of tomato ketchup for £110, which is saying is somewhat ridiculous in Mm. this day and age. Well, I have discovered that you can buy a sterling silver lid for a bottle of tomato ketchup from Amazon for just £70.99p. So there you go. I've saved you £40 (laughs) on your ketchup accoutrements.
1: Well, £40 and a penny. And and does this fit any bottle of ketchup or only the most well known brand?
0: So, it oh, will. Right. This is the curious thing. It's only designed to fit a 300 milliliter oh, bottle you right. of yeah. Heinz tomato ketchup, and it said in the description: "Sterling silver lid for 300 millimetre bottle of tomato ketchup." And the AI at Amazon has interpreted the price of this thing at 236 <laughs> pounds 63 <laughs> per liter. <laughs> How wonderful. How so it has somewhat misread it anyway. Yeah. There we go.
1: Wait, the, the, the curious thing about that, how much things are per litre, is it now seems to be doing what the supermarkets do. And it doesn't always compare like with like, I've discovered. No, it just Which is what we irritating? grumbled about the supermarkets doing at one stage. It used to compare like with like. Now you look along a range of products, and you're having to get the calculator out to work out how to compare them. And sometimes it's units as well, rather than yes. something per litre. Yeah. Very annoying.
0: Well, I have been on the the 5-2 diet for a few months now, losing quite a bit of weight on this. This It's the one where you have to limit yourself to 500 calories for two days in the week. Right. Uh, Indeed. And and so I've been checking the calorie value of things. And I found a range of low calorie snacks. So you buy a packet of low calorie crisp effect snack, Mm. and they tell you the number of calories per 100 grams. Why don't they tell you the number of calories per packet? Because that's what you want to know.
1: Unless, of course, it's a government directive, which is perfectly possible. But yes, it would be the most useful thing. It'll be much more useful, wouldn't it? Yes. Yes. However, you know, the prime minister said he wants everybody to be good at math. So it's helping your um,
0: your (laughs) numeracy. It is certainly helping. You're
1: having to work it out all the time. Okay, so uh, take us on. What now?
0: Well, let us move on to buying alcohol. In supermarkets, something hmm. that I, I know you do with uh, startling regularity. No, I, I do. I yes, I shouldn't really say that. And... I do. I do.
1: And what was what was really worrying is that with my, with Lidl, they then sent me an offer, which is supposedly based on your buying habits of of um, uh, what was it? It was a zero alcohol mulled wine. Oh no! They must have known from my previous purchases that zero alcohol was not a phrase that <laughs> exactly. ever featured. Exactly.
0: Well, when I buy alcohol in supermarkets and I do the self-checkout, yes. I have to get someone to come along and attest to the fact that I'm over 18. Yes. Which, and they, you know, I say, look at me. Obviously, I'm over 18. Yeah, yes, but the, the, uh, the till doesn't know that. Well, maybe it will in future. The Home Office has just given the go-ahead to AI age checking. They've done a test with Tesco, Asda, Morrisons and Co-op and the idea is this will be built into supermarket Hmm. tills it'll take a look at you if it thinks you're under 25 which was the the way of the the, gauging that you're actually under 18 with some margin it'll then need you to show it some id or perhaps need to show a person some id but i mean who knows maybe it'll go ahead maybe people who look unnaturally young Will then still get questioned quite a lot. But for the rest of us who frankly don't look unnaturally young, <laughs> yes, that's true. Then I think that could be a good thing. I
1: suppose, yes, too late for us. But of course, if you're in your 30s, you'd almost want to be rejected by the machine. You would, you really yeah. would. You know, yes, I'm not in my 30s at all. Certainly, touching yeah. 40, no, not at all. Um, right, As well, time for us just
0: to. Pause. Oh, can we oh. squeeze one in before that?
1: Squeeze. Just, oh it's still panto season clearly
0: just oh no you can't it segues quite neatly from the okay. last item right. and this is about uh, a man called david nutt
1: oh, who yeah, is heard of a
0: professor of neuropsychopharmacology mm. there's a word to conjure with a professor of neuropsychopharmacology at imperial college he was the former drug czar until 2009, when he wrote a paper saying there wasn't much difference in the harm you get from horse riding compared to ecstasy, yeah. which, as the d- drug saw, the government saw as it'll be a little off message.
1: Yes, yes. Anyway,
0: he has invented a substance that he calls Alcarel. Well, it's a ridiculous name, but it obviously will change before it makes it to market. But yeah. Alcarel is synthetic alcohol, and it has two major advantages. One is that it keeps you, as he puts it, in the two-pint zone, so it still gets you tipsy, Mm. but it doesn't get you more tipsy than if you'd had two pints, and there's no hangover, no matter how much of it you drink. So I think it sounds like, altogether, a jolly good thing. I don't know what it tastes like
1: no or indeed how much it how much it costs i mean you can get zero alcohol so i have tried actually thinking about it in a different supermarket than little i have tried zero alcohol stuff and apart from anything else it costs more than the real stuff
0: it does <laughs> yes so it does.
1: you know that's slightly <laughs> off-putting to begin with because you have to actually well so far you've had to actually make the alcohol and then take and then take the alcohol out again which of course is yes. a more complicated process well did any indication when we might see and get a chance
0: to taste this stuff well, he said he's got a, a litre of it next to his desk and he can assure me, well, also <laughs> right.
1: Good, good. We'll, we'll pop round and see if we can have a sip.
0: I think we should.
1: OK, well, in that case, we are now just going to give you a chance to take a breather.
0: Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.
1: This is Simon Rose. You're listening to Gadget and Gizmos, where I'm in conversation with Steve Kaplan. So, where are you going to take us now?
0: Well, the post office. I mean, there are lots of problems getting post delivered these days. There was a rather amusing private eye in the uh, a, a cartoon in the current edition of Private Eye of a postal sorting office and someone saying, I've got a letter for the Corinthians yeah. Ah, oh, right. Okay. I thought that was quite, quite highbrow. <laughs> anyway, the post office in France, La Poste, as they call it. are moving to a three-day delivery service not only will they take only deliver on three days of the week but a letter will take three days to be delivered however you can still get a letter delivered the next day if you email it to them so you email the text of the letter to la Poste. they then send it to your local branch who print it out and post it and deliver it for you
1: It seems slightly disconcerting, doesn't it? I mean, it's an example we give every time we talk about postal deliveries. Yes. You go back to read Sherlock Holmes, and it's always talking about popping letters in the post and them being delivered you know, to the home counties that afternoon.
0: Yes. yes. Uh, well. With rather less
1: mechanisation than we have now. Also, the worrying thing is things like you know letters for hospital appointments or legal documents and things like that often need to be um, at the other end quite quickly and returned yes. quickly. Yes. So at this rate, certainly if you're in France and try to do a legal document and return, you're talking about virtually a fortnight.
0: Indeed. Well, I had to send a package to Mildenhall uh, this week Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought it won't get there if I send it by post. So I'll send it by DHL. So I went to the DHL website, paid my £7.60 or however much it was, printed out a label. When you print out the label, it's very irritating because the labels are slightly bigger than a quarter A4. I have sheets of label paper, (laughs) four to a sheet on A4, and it doesn't fit. So Ah, I had to print it out on paper and tape it on. Took it down to the designated drop-off point. They said, no, we don't do DHL. But they were listed on the DHL website. So, okay. So I took it to another drop-off point, which DHL had told me about. And they said, we can't accept this label. It's supposed to have three barcodes. It's only got one. And I said, but this is the label that DHL gave me. And they said, no, no, we can't accept it. So I went onto the DSL website no. tried to phoning their customer helpline, <laughs> they can only ask about three specific things. This isn't one of them. So I filled in a, a form for their online chat. I got a yes. message saying, someone will be in touch with you shortly. That was three days ago and no one has contacted me. Uh, perhaps there are other Cura companies. Perhaps there are other courier companies. I will not be using DHL again. I know i said DHL several times, and I hope they're listening and <laughs> take note.
1: Yes, they've probably got an AI bot at this very moment it's with its fingers in his ears. They almost certainly have exactly that. Right, now, we haven't had one of these for a little while. I'm trying to get through all of them today. <laughs>
0: Let us move on from delivering things by post to delivering things by drone. And I know we've droned on about this in the past, (laughs) but we have. But there is to be a new drone superhighway. This is Mm, an initiative by a company called Altitude Angel, uh, and they've done it with a five million pound investment from British Telecom or rather from British Telecom's digital hub, which is called Etc. Or rather just ETC. It's I a very no strange name, it. it's a very strange name. I thought they, were, they thought they were terribly clever when they when they got e t c as their name, and it will go from Reading to Rugby via Oxford, Milton Keynes, Cambridge, and Coventry and the idea is it will deliver parcels and food all by drone I mean, when it happen, we keep being told
1: that we're going to get well, drone
0: delivery, and it they never seems five million to... quid into it, so they're obviously expecting something to happen, yeah.
1: Let us wait until it actually does.
0: Yes, let us wait indeed.
1: Um, doesn't go to Mildenhall Hall, though, so you're going to have to wait a while longer. I'm going to
0: have to wait a while, nor does it go to London, but maybe they can't run a drone superhighway into London. I
1: suspect that's a little trickier. It would be it's, a little tricky. quite it? a lot of air traffic, isn't there?
0: Uh, yes, indeed <laughs> there is. Although this, I mean, they think there'd be air traffic going certainly on the route between Reading and um, Rugby. Maybe there isn't because it's more or less straight up. Uh, uh, Heathrow and Gatwick planes tend to fly south or east or west. Very rarely north. Yes, so they are flying north, and they might get hit by drone strike, which would be even worse than bird strike. That's true. That's true.
1: Who knows? I I'm sure, imagine you know, they've thought of it. I am I'm Sure, the best, the best minds at etc. The best. I'm thinking about it's, this it's right. at this uh, very moment,
0: as well as thinking about lots of other
1: things, as the name implies. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. OK, onwards.
0: Well, it is January and therefore it is CES, the Consumer Electronics oh, Show, which always throws up entertaining gadgets. The latest one being from Samsung, who have produced their bespoke AI oven. What is interesting about the bespoke AI oven is it has a seven inch touch screen on the front, mm-hmm. which has touch controls on it, and it will do things like sous vide and air frying, including... Well, I don't know what sous vide is, but I'll look it up afterwards. I will ask someone that. It's something that cooks too. You're a cook. I'm not a cook. I have no idea what sous vide is, but it sounds okay. French uh, and therefore let's... probably tastes better than anything I could make. Right. But what's really clever about it is it has an AI camera inside the oven. I don't know what kind of lenses they use to stop them getting fogged up or indeed melting. And the AI camera has several functions, uh, one of which detecting what it thinks you're trying to cook. And then it'll suggest the settings for you. So it will apparently cook things perfectly. It will also prevent burning. If it thinks something's about to burn, it will notify you. Via... I could have, oh, I could have done act. with that on Christmas
1: Day when I made some mulled wine and then went into the other room to drink it and went back about an hour later and the mulled wine I'd left the bloody light on. Ah. And, uh, that was near disaster. I mean, there was a lot of smoke and a ruined Le Creuset saucepan. Ah. Yes, very annoying. And and I lost a couple of glasses of mulled wine as well. Oh, no, that's even
0: worse. I know, I know. Yes. So, yes, I could do with this. You could certainly do with that. You can, of course, get ready-mixed mulled wine, which you can heat up. It's horrible. It's not horrible.
1: It is. Compared to my mulled wine, it really is. Yes, it's Ah. absolutely awful.
0: We must exchange recipes one of these days. I could wing it to you whenever you like. Excellent. So, on from wine and, indeed, ovens, Mm Two vegetables. How do you know when fruit and veg are ripe? Well, you give them a little squeeze. But that means when you go to your greengrocer, you'll find particularly avocados uh, Mm. have generally been squeezed by half a dozen people before you get to to eat it. Well, the answer could be the one-third ripeness checker. One-third being the name of the company who make the ripeness checker. They don't check. They don't just Ah, do one third of it. (laughs) Okay. It scans fruit and vegetables. Very good for things like uh, avocados. It looks like a sort of hollow torch with a ring light around the outside, and you partly immerse your avocado mm. into it. And it can also produce the shelf predict the shelf life of tomatoes and strawberries and blueberries and other. I mean, this sounds very useful. Fruit.
1: I am fed up of buying avocados. That the supermarkets that are ripe and ready to meet that are still like bricks a week and a half later.
0: Well, that's because you don't give them a little squeeze first. If they're in a packet, you can't, really. Uh, Don't buy them in a packet, then. You have to be able to squeeze your avocados.
1: Well, yes, but I do click and collect, you see. that's one of the disadvantages. Ah, You can't actually test the fruit beforehand.
0: Yes. Well, you just keep it for a few days, and then it ripens. Well, it doesn't always. Yeah, They all ripen eventually. Well,
1: yes, but there is a tendency of avocados sometimes to go from being rock hard one day to being complete mush the day afterwards. Oh,
0: guacamole, there's your answer.
1: Yes. 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 Simple.
0: So on from there. (laughs) If
1: only all life's problems were this solvable.
0: (laughs) (laughs) From there to the baby translator. This is from a Korean company called Quantum Music. Mm. And it is an AI device, but then frankly, isn't everything these days, even ovens and finger pokes for avocados. And this one will detect if your baby's cries mean that the baby is hungry, Needs its nappy changed if it's sleepy, or if it just needs a cuddle. If it detects that it's sleepy, it'll then play to lullaby. Isn't That's that rather shot? nice? It is rather nice.
1: Is that not ready, presumably, for um, purchase yet?
0: Not ready just yet. But things at the at, at CES tend to be things that are in production, rather than just wacky ideas that may happen one day. So oh, I right. think we could possibly see this one you know, quite right. soon.
1: That could be yeah. very useful if it's not too expensive yes okay it could be
0: very useful indeed uh yeah. on now to the um well a couple of printers there's the printer, which will print a temporary tattoo for you in case you want a tattoo but decide you <laughs> don't want it the next day you can just wash it off you right. can have these things that are hand painted or sprayed at various market stalls but this one will actually print it for you okay and if you don't want the tattoo how about the eyebrow printer This is made by L'Oreal, who, of course, because you're worth it, you need an eyebrow printer. It scans your face, and then it will print perfect eyebrows directly onto your face. How? And what happens to your existing eyebrow? Well, I think you'd only need this if your existing eyebrows were (laughs) a little lackluster or indeed non-existent. Well, I'm quite
1: intrigued. I'd like to know what the printer looks like.
0: It's a little device that you sort of run over your face. It's not. It's not like a desktop printer. You stick well, your head it, in. Your it,
1: I, I confess, I <laughs> was sort of thinking about that sort of thing. I think it's, it's very, very bizarre. Sort of yes, like bizarre. some version of the office photocopier that people exactly. you know, ostensibly <laughs> used to. Um, uh, Copy various parts of those at the, at the Christmas party. But sadly, that is all we have time for. Um, I always look forward to the CES every single year. Lots we will have more things. next week. They, they look rather more useful than most of them, but uh, we shall see. Thank you very much indeed to Steve Kaplan. That's the first Gadget and Gizmos of 2023, but there will be lots more. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No,
0: it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.